Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us, dragged away from Capitol Hill, kicking and screaming, screaming is the lovely and talented John McCormick. How are you, sir? Doing well. 24 hours or so after the vice presidential debate, what is the state of the presidential race? The consensus from last night that Pence won is correct. I think it was a narrow win. That's what the poll showed. Uh, Pence uh, 48, Kane 42 in the CNN poll. Um, I think it was a narrow win. I don't think it's ultimately going to matter that much because, you know, we've got the next, the second presidential debate coming up on Sunday night. I didn't see any real issues that were opened up, any real vulnerabilities for either Clinton or Trump that the vice presidential candidates uh, opened up on on, uh, on Tuesday night. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see where things head right now. The polls still look bad for Trump. That's pricing in a lot of the first presidential debate polling in mm-hmm. uh, Pennsylvania, a crucial state. Uh, he's now been down in, in three polls, one by four, one by nine, uh, one by ten. Uh, that's some really ugly numbers. He's Even, got him right where he wants him, McCormick. I don't know. Why are you so negative about this? Okay, let me demonstrate why you're wrong, everything you've mm-hmm. said so far. Please okay, do. Teach me. First of all, the uh, vice presidential debate did matter more than usual because Trump is in so much trouble that if Pence had blown up, I think he'd imagine what the state of the race would look like if it was, you know, Kane crushes Pence. So the fact that he came out on top, man, did Trump really need this? It wasn't just a kind of meh, you know, when, when Cheney was debating whoever he debated in 2004, who would, I forget who ran now, um, you know, Bush had lost the first debate, but he was still, you know, he's still the incumbent. He wasn't, you know, it was a, it was a tight race. Now, compare that to Trump. You can see how the wheels really could have come off for his campaign if Pence had had a bad showing. And then the second thing is the fact that Trump chose Pence. I just wonder if that watching that guy there didn't help some fence-sitting Republicans who were really uncomfortable with Trump by seeing a Republican who talks like they do backing him, if that social modeling didn't help. Yeah, to the, to the extent that this will normalize the race and the, the, the debate was held along normal, traditional, uh, <laughs> ideological partisan lines, uh, it could help some, you know, uh, fence-setting Republicans come back in line. But again, it, it all depends on what happens Sunday night. If, right. if, if I honestly think that the expectations are so low that Trump can come back, he can he can win the second debate. And, and I think it was ridiculous the way that expectations have been set so low for him. Just think back to uh, the big trip to Mexico where the <laughs> expectations were basically that as long as he didn't go on a rant about chimichangas and the president's <laughs> Mexican president's inability to satisfy his own wife, uh, that that was a standard that was set. And he didn't, he, you know, he, he stood up there, he uh, talked like a normal person for seven minutes, and people were blown away, and the polls tightened. I don't think the polls should have tightened, but they did. Sure. And no, so the my favorite line was, so was uh, well, he didn't bite anybody. Oh, you got that going. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, it, Trump, held, uh, Trump held it together for 30 <laughs> minutes in the last debate. I think it's been drilled into him that he lost the first debate. Mm. And I think he got to watch Mike Pence act like a normal human being and watch everybody say that... Mm. Pence won, and Trump likes winning. I don't think he wants to lose another time. I think that, you know, uh, we're probably just due for some more drama before this mm. presidential election is done. I agree that we're due for some uh, media drama, some telltale drama, kind of like your buddy is dating a girl, and you know it's over, and everyone around them knows it's over, but they just can't quite let go, you know what I mean? So they'll like they'll have a weekend where they'll get back together. Oh, we're together, man. We're good. And then like two nights later, she's throwing, you know, stuff at him, a la Hillary versus Bill. I really think that the presidential race is over. I think that Trump can't win. It's done. It not whether you like him or not doesn't matter. You just start going through the fact that out of the 14 states that Real Clear Politics calls battleground states, which is pretty generous because it includes Arizona which is a Republican state, you know, um, that he's losing 11 of the 14 battleground states. 
And that fundamental dynamic, I just don't see. You can have a lot of, you know, it may get close and far and there'll be a, you know, Hillary will have two bad days and he'll have two good days. But this thing is over and this is all just to kind of the, you know, political squealing and wheeling and dealing that we see. What do you think of that thesis, John McCormick? Well, now I'll tell you while you're wrong. So okay, I get excellent. To, I get to make up. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, you look at this disastrous debate performance and Trump is, still seems like he's basically put it away in Iowa. Now, there was a new poll out today that showed him actually down two points in Ohio, but other post-debate polling still showed mm-hmm. him up in Ohio. I mean, can you imagine? I just think back six months, we'd say that the Republican candidate has put away Iowa and Ohio right. a month out and we still think he's going to lose. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it's because the map has been scrambled somewhat and and Trump is now, you know, he's he's teetering on the edge. He's below. He's he's down in Florida. Very, very, very hard to win without Florida. So he's yeah. got a, you know, he's, but he's only a couple points down in Florida. Uh, you know, on the knife's edge in North Carolina. Uh, so yeah, he has to, he has to put those states away, and then he's still got to come up with, uh, you know, one more state, mm-hmm. uh, Nevada, Colorado. He was he had, he'd tied it. Basically, things were tied uh, heading into the first debate, and he did that because he had narrowed the gap among white college educated voters because he acted right. like a normal human being for a month. <laughs> So, and then uh, you're obsessed with this, first, aren't you? We had the first debate, and he's back down 11 points in Colorado. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, listen, he was down 13 in the spring. He went a couple months acting normal. He tied things going into the attack on the Hispanic judge, the Indiana judge. Right. Blew things up there, act like a normal human being, blew things up over the cons again, uh, the, the cons sure. coming out of the DNC. And then he, he made another couple months. And then this time it was over the, you know, Alicia Machado, Miss Universe, acting like an erratic, uh, unstable mm-hmm. person. So that's where things stand. I don't know. Can, can people are willing to give him so many chances? I just don't know if things are over. OK, so out of 14 mm-hmm. battleground states, Trump is currently leading in three. Uh, and this is the real clear politics average of polls. So it's a poll of polls. Mm-hmm. Ohio, Ohio, Iowa. In Arizona, mm-hmm. Iowa is a surprise. I mean, for Republicans, that's that's. But if, but he's losing all the rest. Mm-hmm. If he somehow flips Florida, and North Carolina, and Nevada, and Maine, you know what we call him? Loser, because yeah. he still doesn't have enough electoral college votes. But if he flips New Hampshire instead of if Maine, he flips New Hampshire, and which he's he been can, down all year, I know. I'm and, just saying, well, yeah. and he and he holds on mm-hmm. to the one, to all the others. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying right. it's likely. I and just this think is there's been so much volatility this right. year that we can't write it off yet. But that this is the year. I agree with you that this is the year. I'm not wagering anything, you know, big time. But let me ask you this: the, the, I just get a sense that we reached a point at some point during that whole post-debate, you know, the, the the debate itself, a letdown for Trump supporters. I think a letdown for people who really don't want to vote for Hillary but don't like Trump. They were hoping to see a way they could vote for Trump, the, the Trump of the first 30 minutes that you mentioned. And then you have the two, the three days of the news cycle after that, driven largely by Trump himself, tweeting at 3 and 5 in the morning. I think we've hit that point where a lot of potential Trump voters were just kind of done. They just, you know, I'm just done. I've, I've, I've been hanging around now. I've been watching this guy for months, went through the, and I'm just done. And I think every day you're watching people drift into the, whatever I end up doing on election day, I'm not voting for Trump. I get a sense that we've crossed that Rubicon for the votes he needs to win. You don't agree. Listen, I think that is more likely than not correct. If you just look at the polling averages right now, I think in the in the 538 mm-hmm. uh, prediction, it's now 20 percent. 
twenty percent. I mean, it's a one in five chance. The you know, right. what, things <laughs> that happens all the time. It happens it's one true. out of five times. I mean, uh, <laughs> Russian roulette. You've got a one in six chance of uh, losing, and people don't like playing Russian roulette because the stakes are pretty high. Uh, so you know, I would just say I wouldn't write it off right now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, if he, yeah, if he, I think he has to win both debates, act like an adult for you know not ninety minutes, but uh, hundred and eighty minutes, which is going to be really tough for him. And it's not plot, but I mean, really, Hillary Clinton did not beat him in the last debate. No. She put out the most predictable bait. He took it. Yep. And if he just doesn't do that, I mean, she actually has to defeat him by reminding people that he is unstable and crazy. And there are 10 other 10 things she left on the table that she didn't even use in the first debate. So if she if she brings her game, I think she can defeat him if she wants to. But I could see her playing it safe and him acting normal. And, you know, we have an, another tightening in the polls after the after. Yeah, Sunday I night. agree. There'll be tightening the polls that will make the race close. Mm-hmm. And then Trump loses more likely than not yeah. but hey i'm i wouldn't bet the okay, house then, on the, the the one last last the other last very last question i i if the the storyline continues the way it is and the media keep irradiating trump as just unacceptable and awful and blah, et cetera, what i see as the likeliest outcome isn't just that trump loses but that in the last five six days when it becomes clear that he's going to lose it's the cascade effect of, well, not only is he, you know, if he's going to lose, I was already embarrassed about voting for him before, but I was going to do it for whatever, the Supreme Court or because I hate Hillary or whatever. But if he's going to lose anyway, I'm not voting for the guy. And that you go from a you know three-point race quickly to an eight-point race as people jump off. That seems to me the human nature element here. Well, now we totally agree. I think that you're right. I think that there's a, a significant percentage of Republicans who are like, well, I'll disgrace myself for a winner, right. but not for a clear loser. <laughs> so I think that that's correct. I don't know how that hurts down ballot ticket. Uh, Republicans, right <laughs> we disgrace ourselves for winners, <laughs> which, by the way, is the motto of the Democratic Party. So I don't know why I should be upset. That's been their motto since you know 1992. So the question is, can Donald Trump be the Republican Party's Bill Clinton? No. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That seems to be the challenge. If oh, if only we had a Ross Perot. And in Clinton's defense, I mean, Clinton actually tried to keep his depravity private. I mean, mm-hmm. there is something to be said for not <laughs> reveling in your own iniquity in public. Uh, I know that's not exactly a high bar, but right. that, that's where we are. And when you hear the phrase, the phrases depravity and iniquity, you know you've invited John McCormick to be part of your podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We Thank appreciate you. your time. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast, a reminder that you can subscribe and never miss another podcast just by going to iTunes.com. While you're there, rate us a five. John McCormick will greatly appreciate that because maybe we can start paying him. Uh, And you can also check out our new audio products with our partners at PodcastOne.com, including the brand new Crystal Clear podcast. That's at PodcastOne.com. Thanks so much for your time. I'm your host, Michael Graham.